Psalm 103, verses 8 through 13. And I want us to read it together aloud as we speak. Let us read. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us as a father has compassion for his children. So the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, you may have heard earlier that Butch Sties was going to be preaching today, and he was, and he will at some point. But he uh, ran into some health issues this week, and he needed to postpone it just for a little bit until he got back home. They were out of town. And so um, the church invited me to be the substitute line for Butch. He's one of my dearest minister friends, and I can't think of anybody I'd rather try to help, um, help out in this time than Butch. I was thinking about that as, as I approached you all today um, to share a word of graciousness, that I'm not sure I know anybody who's more gracious, I shouldn't say this, but than Dalton and Butch. He, I served with him uh, in Trustville First Methodist. That's where I actually met uh, Mike Holly. Mike was the new young minister serving at Trustville when I was the associate minister serving with Dalton alongside with him. It was a time of wonderful ministry and experiences. And Edwina and Butch and I and the family have been friends. They got us through some hard times. We walked through some celebratory times together. And so it's been a long friendship. So to stand here upholding him. Um, he led our communion the last time we shared together, and it was such a beautiful sharing of the great Thanksgiving. And so our prayers are with Butch today as he gets better and, and they rejoin us um, at this time. I also had an interesting week in other ways, too, as I was coming to this point of talking about God's graciousness of so many people who have taught me about graciousness and love and shared journey and life. And so in a new way uh, this past week, I realized how precious new friendships are as we walk along together. I had the uh, readings, the daily readings to do this last week. Uh, we're doing it a new way now. The senior minister used to write all the readings, and then at some point along the way, I think Kevin invited us to share. And so we each take a week and write about those readings and share them with you. And sometimes we get some comments back about the readings for that week. And so I had some this past week, and it, it was a joy. Uh, I wrote about 
an experience at Camp Sumatanga. I'm saying this right, I think. At Camp Sumatanga, where the conductor for that week, the uh, choral conductor at Florida State, wrote a special anthem for our Music and Arts Week. And I wrote that I'm sure Carolyn McCracken and some of the young people of this congregation were there. And so a particular parent said, I was there for that. I remember that. And I looked, I thought, what a wonderful experience. I won't say how many years ago, but all those years ago, that some of your young people had the chance to um, have that joy of celebration, righteousness, peace, joy in the kingdom of God. And choir, I thought maybe I might try to find some versions of that that we could sing through sometimes so y'all could have the fun and the joy of that and remember that. So it was so nice for you to tell me that you all, your family was there for that. Then the second gracious thing that happened for me this week, there were many, but, but I went um, over to the other side of town where I had a granddaughter who is a cheerleader and they were having a pep rally and they were honoring the seniors at, at this school, uh, not Hoover, not Spain Park, but over on the other side of town. And I walked into the gym there and as I'm walking in as a grandparent, not really many, knowing many people there, and it was filled, I saw a familiar face sitting there. And it was one of our church members who I've gotten to know and care for this year, who also had a granddaughter at the same school as a cheerleader there. And so she grac- the, the, the grandmother, who I know from here, graciously made space for me to sit on the bench there so that we could watch our granddaughters share in that wonderful celebration. So I'm very grateful for friends that I saw this week sharing life with me. That's what we're to be about, isn't it? Walking alongside each other, sharing life together, being gracious to each other. And so each week as we write those daily readings that are there. In the morning, there's a scripture passage from the various books of the Bible. And sometimes when I pick up what the readings are for for my time to ride, I'm thinking, my heavens, how much can we jump around from the Hebrew scriptures to the Christian scriptures to these? But every evening of the daily readings, there is a psalm to read. And I happen to love the psalms. I love for us to read them together as we did today. I love for us to hold on to them and to linger with them. So I am inviting you, if you do the daily readings that are printed in our order of service each week, notice the psalm and take time to read it and to reread it and to reread it. And if someone asked if I were an art teacher, which I'm not, but I had invited you to take that psalm and to break it down into verses so that you're not trying to read the whole psalm all the time, but you're using the verses as meditation. And as an example, I got this little index card book 
I don't have my speaker on, so I'm just going to show this back this way. CVS carries them. Uh, the Dollar General store carries them. And it's index cards in a little flip chart where you can write things down and then you can choose a particular passage of scripture and you can place it somewhere in your home or your office and you can meditate on just a small part of it. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what kind of colors you might like to use or colored pencils or watercolor. I discovered uh, in my living room that one of the grandchildren who likes watercolors, she took the watercolors and we keep a little notebook out for whoever wants to write a message to anybody um, in, the, in the family. And she did it in watercolors and it was beautiful, except that it hadn't dried when we closed and put it away. And so we have these rainbow pages of beautiful things that she wrote that someday we may learn what they were, but they're watercolor pages now. So I'm inviting you to approach the Psalm readings or any reading in scripture, not at verse after verse after verse after verse, but to create a place for space, a place for color, a place for beauty, and then maybe we, in some ways, in small groups, can share that artwork or that writing or that favorite verse that stood out for you this week. And so, this beautiful Psalm 103, it's a much longer psalm, and you'll find the psalms in the back of our hymnals where we can read them responsibly. The whole psalm. But what I wanted us to reflect on was this week's reading of these few verses. I'm going to read it again. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger and abiding in love. The Lord will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. The Lord does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth on these bright, sunshiny days, as high as we can see in the heavens above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him, for those who love him. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Thanks be to God. Many years back, um, when I was working on 
some other degrees before I went into ministry. I worked with sound coming together of the choir's words versus what the accompaniment was playing and saying. And Jay, I want to thank you so much for that offertory of that beautiful hymn about love, where love prevails. And there was a word that I worked with. I was at the university working on my doctorate. And there was a word that I came familiar with because I was helping do some testing at that time. And it took me a long, turn, a long time to learn how to say the word. And I may not even say it right now, but onomatopoeia, onomatopoeia. The relationship when a word sounds like it means when a word sounds swish, quick, words which sound what they mean. And so I used to enjoy in my composition work at that time, helping the music create what the text might be trying to say and sound like, because it's great fun to taste the words, to feel the words, to pray the words, to sing the words. I think gracious is one of those words. It's just a beautiful word to say. Who taught you about graciousness in your life long ago when you were being shaped and formed? I would have to say that my father taught me a great deal. He was quite spoken, but he knew how to teach graciousness, how to never say a harsh word toward other people. He helped shape my understanding of what it means to be gracious. Who in your life taught you God's graciousness, God's love. And maybe sometime today or this week when you are at home alone, you might want to give thanks for that person who offered you an understanding of a God's love that is so gracious we can hardly comprehend it. And yet we are called to be God's love to others, to be God's care to others, to be God's word to others. <clears throat> I've told you of friends from long ago. I've told you of friends, new friends from this congregation who have helped me know what graciousness means. I've given you some suggestions to think about how we can share graciousness in new ways. I'll tell you, I did look up and I discovered that the word gracious, you know, all those online things that you can put a word in and find out how many times it's used in the Bible. Well, the word gracious is used 45 times in the Bible. And the interesting thing is 
It's used more times in the Hebrew scriptures than in the New Testament Christian scriptures. And I think that, I think there's something to learn from that because in the Hebrew scriptures, we're learning about God throughout the centuries of relating to God's people. And a lot of times what we are remembering are some of the more difficult passages in the, in the Hebrew scriptures uh, and the stories of the fighting and the going forward and More times in the Hebrew scriptures, we hear these words. The Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Second Kings, but the, key, but the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion and showed concern from them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then later, if you return to your God, if you stay with the land, the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. You see how the two words fit together so beautifully? The one who is gracious shows compassion on us. Nehemiah, I also told him about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said. And so they replied, let us start rebuilding. And the land went on. Job, and he is gracious to that person and says, spare them. Psalm 25, turn to me, says David, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. And the psalmist again says, the Lord is gracious and righteous David says, keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. And then in Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. What better scripture or passage to meditate on in a world that does not show compassion and graciousness to all around us, we do it automatically. We jump into the, the, um, the blaming. We jump into what's not right about what people are saying. We jump into words that are hurtful and, and harm and anger. That's why I think I lingered on this psalm passage to say it's not just all the other books of the Bible, but it's the places that we hear this word of God of compassion and love and care. And that's who we are to be. We're to be God's voice of graciousness 
and compassion and love. Do not be in a hurry to read the scriptures, but give space around them, the words, and let the meaning flow into our hearts so that we too might be compassion and love and grace to others. My sister uh, has a daughter who had a da- has a daughter born a few years ago, and they took a while to think of what the, grand- what the child's name was going to be, and they made the decision. Here's a picture. They named her Anna Grace, and Anna for her grandmother, and Grace for God's compassion and grace and love. Anna Grace was born with some birth defect issues and her less than two years of life's journey were filled with health issues. But we danced and sang and laughed. She had the most wonderful giggle in the whole world and she would giggle with her teddy bear and we have recordings of that. Anna Grace, full of love, full of joy, full of love and compassion for those who loved her so deeply the first 18 to 20 months that she was with us. There's no more beautiful name that we could call than to call someone a person of grace, of God's grace and love. So, as we go forth from this place this day, I invite us to linger on those words of beauty. I invite us to taste and see that the Lord is good, that the Lord offers love and compassion. And as we prepare to turn to our last hymn, it is five four, nine. I'm going to invite you to turn to it now before we stand and sing it. Five, four, nine. Interestingly, this hymn book just opened up to 646, which is entitled The Canticle of Love, God's Love Present with Us. But turn to the words of five, four, nine. Where charity and love prevail. The text is beautiful. It's it's full of multisyllable words, but it's reminding us of the ways that we are called to be God's love in this world. And so as we take a minute to look at all the verses, and I don't know what we'll sing, Melissa, but whatever verses as we sing, I think we have time to do them all. Taste the words and know God's love present with us this day and every day. Hey friends, my name is Ross Furio. I am one of the pastors here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. And I am so glad that you joined us this week for our message. I want to remind you that if you ever want to join us in person for worship, we are here every Sunday morning. We have two worship services, both at 10 a.m., 
One is a modern worship service in the chapel. We call it the gathering. And the other is our traditional worship service in our main sanctuary. Again, both of those are at 10 every Sunday morning here on our campus. If you need us for any reason, I hope that you will jump on our website, www.bluffparkumc.org. You'll find ways to contact any of the pastors here on staff. We are here for you, here to walk with you through life in, in any way that you might need support. We hope that you're going to have a great week, and hopefully we'll see you soon.